By watching or listening to this show, you are acknowledging that you are of legal age to purchase and consume cannabis in your region. This production is for adults only. Welcome to the Cannabis 101 podcast, part of the Cannabis Life Experience, your guide through the legalization and consumption of cannabis in Canada and beyond. Join us on this journey and adventure with the wonderful plant. Here's your host, Dean Millard. And welcome to hour number two of episode 82. My name is Dean Millard, and on this show, it's not just about getting high, it's about getting healthy. Thank you so much for joining us. Things a little bit uh, rearranged again this week as uh, we weren't able to record on Monday. This hour usually comes out on Monday, and we'll have another one uh, coming up. If you missed hour number one uh, with uh, Jesse Lavoie of Toba Grown and our educator, Chris Ionson of Plant Life uh, Canada, a regional manager for Plant Life here in Alberta. Uh, you can check that out at Cannabis101podcast.ca. All right, there is certainly one way uh, that we uniquely get things going on this program, and that's by finding out what's your groove. Put that in your pipe and smoke it. You dig it! Kind of grabs you by the boo boo, don't it? Pipe in a grape, long in a blitz. This is great! This is the bee's knees! Can you dig it? All right, uh, what I mean when I say what's your groove is uh, if you are listening to this show and uh, maybe you got something uh, that you're grooving with when it comes to cannabis. Uh, maybe it's a joint, maybe it's a bong. I don't know, maybe it's just some beautiful CBD uh, that you're uh, grooving with. If you are indeed grooving with something, please reach out and let me know. I am just firing up the uh, Supernova Volcano Hybrid. I picked it up at uh, Nova Cannabis. Uh, that's why I call it Supernova, because I absolutely love it. Uh, I am grooving with, uh, by the way, uh, some uh, Jack Carrere uh, from Delta 9. Uh, I always take my uh, cannabis, throw it in a jar with some Unity Packs, and it's uh, always in great shape. Unfortunately, sometimes, not this uh, particular uh, cannabis that I picked up, but uh, sometimes I do, unfortunately, have to uh, bring the cannabis back to life because uh, there's a lot of uh, old cannabis that sometimes places like to get rid of. Not all places, but sometimes yeah, you have to check the dates. But anyway, that's what I do. And uh, here's a big bag of weed. As Family Guy said, everything's better with a big bag of weed. So let me get my groove on. with some uh, Jack Herrera from Delta 9. If, you, if you're new to cannabis and you don't know who Jack Herrera is, I, I highly encourage you to do a little bit of research and find out. Uh, this guy uh, wrote a book, The Emperor Wears No Clothes, and you can find it on Amazon. Uh, he was nicknamed the Emperor of Hemp, so a big-time activist worth checking into if you're uh, certainly learning about the plant and uh, I, I love to hear from everybody out there with uh, you know things that they learned from this show we've gotten some really nice emails so uh, to Charles uh, thank you very much uh, Randy uh, thank you as well for reaching out and uh, checking in I'm doing uh, much better so uh, to everybody that uh, listens and responds and watches I, I thank you very much because I love hearing from you and your passion for the plant having said that Here's what's coming down the hash pipe on this episode. David Wiley from the OZ on This Week in Cannabis News usually joins us on Monday. Uh, we're going to talk uh, billions, 
as in dollars, beverages, and magazines, among other things. Malcolm LaBelle from the Green Generation Co. will be by as well for the business of cannabis, trends, hemp, and going green on that segment. Our cannabis question is about sizes. We'll get to that in a little bit. We've moved cannabis character to this hour, so it will normally come out on Monday. We're going back to Cheech and Chong for this one. Not Cheech and Chong, but a uh, character uh, in uh, the movie Nice Dreams and our weed word of the day. We're talking about big joints and concentrates. We'll also tell you as we go about the Weed Weekly and how you can uh, get in on our Friday giveaway and keep up to date with the Cannabis 101 podcast. All right, right now, let's get to the Cannabis question. It's prize time. Chime in on the cannabis question. Okay. And you could win a Cannabis 101 podcast prize pack. Pipe and a grape, bong and a blint. Hit us up on any of our social media feeds or email us at cannabis101podcast at gmail.com. Okay, here we go. All right, so the cannabis question is about what size you prefer to buy your cannabis in. Um, you know, when we first saw legalization, we saw one and three and a half grams. Uh, now we're starting to see a lot more quarters, seven grams. We're seeing some affordable ounces. Um, I'm pretty sure the Plant Life in, uh, well, Plant Life Jensen Lakes has an ounce for under 100 bucks. That's pretty awesome. Um, so you're starting to see a variety of different sizes, 7s, 14s, 15 grams, 28 grams. I'm loving the 7 grams right now. Three and a half, I seem to blow through too fast, and I just, not enough. <laughs> but the 7s, I don't know, I just like to, it's, um, I, I just feel I can enjoy the cannabis a little bit more without thinking, oh, this is going to almost be done right away. So I love the seven grams. Uh, it gives you some variety and uh, things like that. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm going with seven grams. But I want to know what you like. What size are you loving right now in the legalization um, in Canada? And for anybody that's uh, down in the States where you're living or anywhere around the world listening where you are legal, chime in as well. Love to hear where our listeners and the viewers are tuning in from. You can hit me up on Twitter at the Cannabis 101. On Facebook, the Cannabis 101 Podcast. You can get me on Instagram, the same thing, the Cannabis 101 Podcast. And you can email me and be anonymous if you would like. Cannabis 101 Podcast at gmail.com. Everybody that chimes in will be thrown into the hat. We'll have a draw and somebody's going home with a Cannabis one-on-one podcast prize pack and big thanks to uh, all of our partners uh, from the oz and the green generation company uh, regal cigars andre has been great with us and, and of course our good friend stonesmiths a local edmonton company uh, which is i'm just outside of edmonton you can find them online at stonesmiths.ca and uh they are the makers of the Slash, which is just absolutely beautiful for concentrates. Uh, if you're a fan of the Men in Black movies, they got their inspiration sort of uh, from that. Uh, they have the built-in loader. It's simply awesome. Uh, and this battery, while it has warmed up uh, in Edmonton as of late, uh, this battery is built for Edmonton cold winters. Uh, so that last couple of weeks, if anybody was going outside, it would have been absolutely perfect for it. And also, uh, on the way, I, I showed you the built-in loader. They've got a, a new chamber on the way. It's kind of a redesign of the internal coil structure. And this thing doesn't take, it takes four seconds to heat up, but apparently it's going to be even faster, and we're going to get even bigger clouds, which we all love. So check them out, stonesmiths.ca. If you're a retailer, this is a hot, hot product that you'll want to uh, get into your stores very, very soon. What's happening? We'll tell you right now on This Week in Cannabis News. Always good to chat with my good friend, David Wiley, from The OZ. That's the website you're looking at. If you are indeed watching us, you can find it online at okanaganz.com, and you can find them on Twitter as well, at OkanaganZ, as I... Uh, Say hello once again to my good friend, David Wiley. It's been a while. How are you, my man? 
Oh, it's great to see you. Glad that things are good on your end. Uh, you know, it's uh, starting to get to look like spring. Um, at least the temperatures are. The snow on the ground says otherwise. But I'm definitely looking forward to the changing seasons, man. The sunshine can't come soon enough. Yeah, uh, I here in Alberta, we're definitely going to disagree on looking like spring. I mean, I saw <laughs> rabbit tracks out my window for the first time in like three weeks because we were down to the minus 50. So even the rabbits were burying for uh, warmth. So um, I, I'll agree. The sunshine is nice. I'm going to hold off on the spring talk until there's less than three feet of snow outside of my window. But uh, we're here to talk about cannabis, uh, David. And one of the really cool stories that we're going to start with is um, bigger as fiscal sales than we were previously told as far as the first full year of legalization. Remember, it started in October of 2018, so fiscal 2019 was even better than we were told. Mm -hmm. Really fascinating tale of two different surveys. Uh, according to Statistics Canada, cannabis sales hit $1.3 billion in fiscal 2019, and that compares to the initial figure of $908 million, which was reported in the calendar year. So it's a, a, a small shift of only a few months, but uh, a pretty huge difference in the end of $400 million. And it really is a testament to just how fast the cannabis industry is growing here in Canada. Uh, seeing the discrepancy, I reached out to the Federal Statistics Agency to try and figure out what was going on uh, with that major difference. And uh, the researcher that I spoke to was similarly surprised, saying that uh, between these two surveys, uh, they don't normally see a difference that's that large. So this really shows how quickly things are moving. And there are a number of factors that are accelerating that growth here in Canada. We had a lot more cannabis stores open in 2019, and that pace started to increase uh, in early 2020. Um, so with more brick and mortar stores open, there's always more sales because there's more access points. So it's just a simple, uh, a simple math equation. As well, we're seeing uh, supply chain development and the pricing of products, which was really increasing and continues, um, sorry, by which I mean decreasing. It was increasing in its decreases, if you're confused yet. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we've really seen the price go down and become a lot more affordable, uh, especially with the introduction of value brand products. And those changes, more cannabis 2.0 offerings, are really bringing a lot more people into the stores and heck there's more stores open so yeah just amazing difference in those two surveys yeah and it's it's just kind of like following the the breadcrumbs like hansel and gretel right and you look back <laughs> and you get the the count and you're like oh there's a big difference and then you look and you look at the the, the reasons that you just listed so it's not really hard to figure it out but i wonder um, does this, do you think, change the uh, the view that people take maybe on the first full fiscal year of cannabis? I mean, I think that's quite a bit of a difference that adds uh, to the billions instead of the millions. And, you know, there are, there are so many people that were looking and saying this cannabis industry is tanking and it's not going to work. I think this tells a, quite a bit different of a story. It really does. I think that people spoke too soon. I, we're as just as humans, we're so fast to poo poo things. And, you know, we love to find um, something to criticize. And this just shows uh, just how much sales are increasing and uh, that cannabis consumers are really being drawn in. And we also have to look at the fact, too, that just recently, um, recreational sales alone surpassed illicit sales, according to StatsCan. Initially last year, the the um, recreational sales along with medical sales had passed illicit, and now it's just rec sales. So we're starting to move into a, a really growth phase of, uh, of legal cannabis, and we're seeing the product and the pricing that reflects that. Mm -hmm. And I think there's a lot of people, and, and but I, by no means am I saying the cannabis industry has reached where it wants to go, but there's going to have to be a lot of people <laughs> saying, hey, maybe maybe I was wrong by writing off this industry uh, so early on. So good news there. It'll be interesting to see what the second full year and we as we continue to add more products and things like that, 
as we go. This is also an interesting story that we're going to talk about for number two here. Uh, and this is an article uh, that, that's talking about, you know, who should we be listening to as, uh, as a company? Do we listen to stakeholders, shareholders, or do we listen to consumers and bud tenders? I think that any CEO will tell you that there's quite a balancing act to be had here. You have to keep the shareholders happy, but how do you keep the shareholders happy if you're not making sales and you can't make sales if you're not listening to the consumer? And that's really the crux of what a GTEC CEO, Norton Singhaven, has to say. He did an interview with Mugglehead and had some down-to-earth advice, listen to consumers and bud tenders and not the shareholders. And GTEC has really been a leader in the cannabis industry with firsts. They were the first to package in glass jars. They're first to list terpene content on their product labels. And now they're the first to launch a legal blunt, which we haven't seen yet, but is coming. Uh, mm. GTEC is the parent company of Black Market and Tenzo, two brands of cannabis that you've probably seen in your local store uh, and have really been showing how um, good the quality can be. Uh, certainly premium priced as well, but you get what you pay for. GTEC itself is based in Kelowna, but the growing is done in Alberta uh, through their Alberta Craft Cannabis and those other uh, brands that they have. Um, so Norton basically says that he's not going to be putting money into stock promotion and that he'd rather use that money for brand promotion at GTEC. And, uh, you know, he says that if the product is not up to par, that he wants to know. And that's where that feedback comes from consumers, uh, from the people who are actually, uh, you know, partaking and purchasing. So it's, I think that his strategy of listening to people makes perfect sense. And uh, if people aren't listening to the consumers, then there's a hell of a blind spot there. Yeah, exactly. And listen, I think... Um, connecting with your bud tenders, uh, as they mentioned, you know, you can go out and talk to one bud tender who has talked to how many different people in that day that might be talking about your product. So uh, I, I think, you know, as, as much as LPs want to connect with the consumer, um, you do that directly through the bud tenders and it's a, it's a great kind of a trickle down effect as well. And, you know, I know they also have something called the green tech, which is their uh, medical uh, patient kind of portal. That's very interesting. And, um, you know, they're admitting that they're, they're not doing a whole lot with it. They're just kind of throwing it out there to see what it does. The one thing I, I kind of disagree with in this article and, and their stance, and I have the, the quote up here about, you know, not wanting to do farm gate sales, which, which I think is a big miss for LPs that aren't going to get on board with Farmgate. And the one quote they had was from a retail store saying, if you're within so many kilometers of my store, I'm not stocking your product, which I think is the absolute uh, back ass words way of going about this sort of thing. I mean, you know, you catch more flies with honey. Instead of saying, I'm not putting my product on yourself, why don't you say, hey, congratulations on your uh, your, your Farmgate sales there. Uh, make sure you mention that we carry your product when somebody wants more of it. Because as a consumer, are you going to go for a tour every single time you want to buy a three and a half gram something? No, you're not. And you're probably going to have to go for some sort of tour to be able to buy the farm gate, at least, you know, I, I, I would imagine. So you go to the, the LP, you learn about it. Oh, you want to get that? And I can get it later on at my local retail store. I just think it's a, it's a strange way of looking at it saying, if you're close to me, I'm not stocking it on my shelves. Instead of building a relationship and getting a little bit more promotion from, from the LP. Because I think Farmgate is going to be huge, man. And, and, and you know, you guys know better than any, anybody uh, in that area that you live in how important those tours and sales and, 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 and that industry can be. You hit the nail on the head. Anyone that lives in a wine region like the Okanagan Valley is understands that wineries do what they do in order to draw people in so that they can see, so that they can create a relationship with that bottle of wine and with the terroir and with the grapes. And if you can do that, if you can show people uh, where uh, something is from and how it's made, then you can build brand loyalty. And that's exactly what this farm gate does. It, people, it allows uh, producers to bring people into their facility and show them how things are done and that will only increase 
uh, consumer traction when they head back home to their to their local shops. And no one is going to go and buy all of their product just straight from the producer. There will always be a strong place in the market for brick and mortar stores. It's listen. I just had Jesse Lavoy of Toba Grown on my sh- on the uh, the earlier hour this week, and and you know he's taking the Manitoba government to court on a constitutional challenge to be able to grow because, as you know, Manitoba is the only province. Quebec, uh, they were they were yeah. beaten, but they've appealed, so you still can't grow there. And and that the government's argument in Manitoba is, well, it might impact retail stores. Well, not every citizen is going to be growing. I mean, these arguments are so paper thin. And, you know, if you're, if you're buying from a retail store or you're growing at home, you're still contributing money to the industry. And it just, it baffles my mind uh, to see some of these excuses. So, listen, I applaud uh, some of the things that GTEC is doing. I just don't like that kind of argument and, and you know, the, 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 maybe the response from the retail outlets. We all need to work together. There's enough, there's enough division in the world, man. We can all come together for cannabis, can't we? <laughs> you know, everyone wants to protect their little bit of market share, but won't anyone think of the consumer? Yeah, yeah, 100%, 100%. Yeah, you're, you're that, you nailed that 100% right there. All right, let's get to this uh, third story now. And, and you know I've been fairly critical of the drinks that are out there on the market. There are some good ones, but I haven't been overly impressed like I have with uh, the concentrates, um, you know, some of the, most of the edibles and obviously flour. The drinks still, to me, haven't gotten to that high level. But there is one company what can you tell us about bevcana and what they're doing and you know you're not alone in not overly enjoying the beverages they're actually really an untapped market right now in canada they're the the least used cannabis category for both men and women uh, only seven and five percent respectively um so bevcana is new to the game they just received their health canada standard processing license and now they're in a market that's populated by heavy hitters you got molson coors you got constellation brands but again these companies uh like we just said haven't really been able to hit the mark now bev canna has really has some interesting uh unique qualities about it uh Part of it is just the scale at what they're doing. They are one of the largest uh, manufacturers straight out of the gate of these beverages and uh, are, are able to produce uh, just a, an enormous amount of drinks. But they also have um, a partnership with uh, one of the main U.S. beverage uh, brands called Keef. So they'll be producing Keef beverages here in Canada. And uh, that's going to give us an opportunity to try out something that's already been market tested in the U.S. It's already ha- gone through its paces and uh, had a chance to hear feedback from customers. So, uh, you know, I have high hopes that it's going to be something that's a little different from what we're seeing right now. Uh, another big step that they're making is they're closing an acquisition um, of Naturo Group Inc., and they manufacture trace mineral infused beverages. And Naturo was also founded by Bevcana CEO Marcello Leone. Um, and that's their facility, their $37 million in assets, which includes a 40,000 square foot beverage manufacturing facility, uh, is included in that, as well as exclusive rights to the spring water aquifer and 315 acres of cultivable, cultivable land. So, mm-hmm. This company is really positioned to grow in a sector of the market that uh, that seems to be a bit stagnant here in Canada, but really has an opportunity to expand. Well, and they can do it on so many levels. Like you mentioned, the the, the size and you know the the amount that they can do, uh, and they can also accommodate uh, some of the more smaller craft brands that they you know, they work with in, in like with white label products. So they they're really able to work on both ends in the uh, in the industry. They are, and they can also do things um, you know on on a larger scale and in a different variety. So their current facility is actually capable of. Um, producing aluminum and glass form factors, so cans and bottles, basically, that would be available in different sizes and custom shapes. Um, So they'll have a chance to really brand um, using the look of the bottle or the look of the can. Uh, We've talked about this before with some of the other products 
and the uh, the challenges that they have with branding just because of how strict those uh, marketing regulations are. So any little edge when it comes to what a product looks like can very much help it stand out in, in a market right now. And they're also uh, working really hard and hoping that the Health Canada regulations and uh, change and uh, maybe there can be yeah. uh, different sizes and, and the amount of beverages. And you and I have talked about that in the, in the past. Uh, it'd be nice to go pick up a six pack, right? That's it. And the really big thing about the regulation change that companies like BevCana uh, and the Valens company are looking for is a change in how CBD is regulated because these 2.0, 3.0 products are really going to go for the health and wellness space. Um, so if you're able to uh, sell and market CBD in a way that's less regulated, similar to a way that's done in the States. I mean, they can, like we've talked about, they, you can go to your gas station and pick up your can of Coke uh, and your CBD chapstick, right? Um, so that's something that cannabis companies here are very interested in seeing Health Canada move toward. Okay, let's wrap up with uh, a really fun story and one that I'm really excited about. And uh, I love the uh, the title on the website, which we're going to get to in a second. But <laughs> the weed must go on. And you uh, and a great team have produced another wonderful magazine that people can read online and at some point in their hands. You bet. Yeah, our, our I's are dotted and our T's are crossed. And volume one, issue two of the OZ magazine is at the printer. And I'm hoping to have uh, some copies in my hands early next week. The uh, digital edition of the magazine is going to be available, uh, fingers crossed, today online. So if you go to uh, okadogaz.com, you'll be able to see it. Now, this has been uh, a lot of work, but, you know, labor of love. As, as people say, it's a cliche, but uh, my goodness, it's true. If you don't love something as much as I love this, it would never happen. Um, this is actually one of the few independent print publications about cannabis and the only one produced here in the Okanagan. Uh, one of the best reads, I got to say, in this edition is actually written by you, Dean. You're hmm. featured as the last hit, and that's the final column that uh, we try to leave the reader with a lingering insight or thought. And your piece is such an interesting read about the future of cannabis and sports. I love the way that you introed the article and really painted a picture of, uh, of the benefits that cannabis can have to athletes that are trying to recover from an injury. So, uh, yeah, hats off to you and kudos. I'm really uh, happy to have you as part of this awesome project. Well, I'm, I'm really excited. Uh, you know, I, I, I do have a background in television and radio. I tried to get into print journalism, but they wouldn't let me into Red River College. So this is my revenge, Red <laughs> River College. I'm actually writing <laughs> articles now. <laughs> in all seriousness, it was a lot of fun. Um, I, I truly believe that, uh, listen, I've covered uh, enough professional sports teams to know that a lot of times, and, and it is changing, but guys get on the plane and they grab their, uh, you know, their Jack and Coke or their six 12 pack whatever and they pound it and then they they use um you know whatever opiate the, the doctors have been given so i would really like to see that sports world transition to where you know maybe on the plane guys are grabbing something else and and down the road for injury pain pain relief uh, the 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 sports world is littered with stories uh of broken families because of opiate addictions and death and and i think uh cannabis and not just thc you know the, the tagline on the show is not just about getting high it's about getting healthy so whether it's thc cbd or some of the other uh you know molecules and things about the plant that we don't know yet um we're gonna learn and and the, the sports world needs to get on board i think some of them are kudos to the nba they didn't test in the bubble uh, last year in the playoffs they're not testing again um, the NHL, there's some information in that article as well. So some leagues are starting to really look at it. And um, I, I, I'm just wondering, I, I, I'm just wondering what will be the first league that fully embraces cannabis as not just not testing for it, but as in uh, an approved uh, pain reliever and things like that. Yeah, we can only we can only wait and see. But uh, I think you're right. The future, the future of uh, of, of health and wellness in sports definitely involves things like CBD uh, and different ways of recovering, ways to, to ditch the pills. Uh, if, if we can get athletes off of that, uh, that terrible uh, cycle, then 
awesome. I'm all yeah. for it. So thanks. Indeed. Thanks for being part of this. And, you know, I love, uh, I love working with you and talking to you and, and, uh, yeah, just hanging out. Oh uh, man. Thanks for the opportunity to do that. And I look forward to being able to do it a little bit more. And I can't wait to get the magazine in my hands and get it out to some of the, uh, the retail stores here in uh, my neck of the woods. Uh, for more information, people can head to OkanaganZ.com. There's the website up there with the beautiful shots of uh, the valley and then some of the great stuff that they have going on. So check it out, OkanaganZ.com, and follow them on Twitter at OkanaganZ. Thanks, as always, David. Can't wait to catch up next week. Great to see you. conversation with david wiley from the oz and as always wonderful contributions from the artist my dead dog that was the weed song uh from his repertoire uh love it hopefully he works on a few more songs for us as well because i can't get enough of um, his tunes all right i want to tell you about the cannabis and hemp expo it was scheduled for late April at the Edmonton Expo Center. Um, it has been postponed once again, unfortunately. We'll be on location when it happens. We'll be broadcasting episodes. So when it happens, I'd love to see and meet as many viewers and listeners as possible. You can find out more information at CannabisHempExpo.com. Uh, that is uh, CannabisHempExpo.com. Uh, we will have some tickets to give away whenever... Uh, this event gets off the ground. You got a joint? Uh, no, not on me, man. <laughs> It'd be a lot cooler if you did. Time now for Cannabis Characters. Dopest dope I've ever smoked. Celebrating the best from fictional 420 film. Hey, I am your stoner. <laughs> and beyond. All right, so this week on our Cannabis Character, uh, I am featuring somebody from uh, a few of the Cheech and Chong movies. It's not Cheech and it's not Chong, although they obviously give their approval. How could they not? We've actually talked about this character from a different movie. So if you're a fan of Cheech and Chong, you'll know that in Up in Smoke, the detective that was trying to bust them was Sergeant Stadenkos, play, uh, played by Stacey Keach. Wonderful actor. You know, a hard, uh, detec actual detective actor uh, in, in movies and really, really hammed it up for the camera uh, in Up in Smoke. Fast forward to Nice Dreams. Uh, Cheech and Chong are selling ice cream, Herb's ice cream, but it's really just weed, of course. It's Cheech and Chong. It's a hilarious swimming pool scene in this movie uh, that you probably should check out if you, if you uh, haven't checked it out uh, before. But anyway, uh, Stacy Keach is back with his character, uh, Sergeant Stadenko. And in uh, Nice Dreams, uh, when Up in Smoke, he was wanting to bust these guys so bad. And then at the end of the movie, uh, well, I don't want to tell you everything, but he ended up getting high. I want to tell you how it happens in case you haven't seen it. Fast forward to Nice Dreams and Stacy Keach, again, playing Sergeant Stadenko, uh, but he is now um, very, very much enjoying the plant. Here's a little bit from uh, Nice Dreams featuring Stacy Keach uh, as Sergeant Stadenko in our cannabis character. <laughs> the only way to catch a doper is when you yourself become a smoker. The surest way to make them bleed is when you bust their ass 
and steal their weed. that marijuana you gave us and we tested it and this smoke no this smoke yes yeah, yeah never mind that technical talk fool huh uh, what he means is what anyone who smokes that stuff is going to turn into one of these lizards we gotta bust these guys sarge i mean there's nothing to it. we gotta bust them now can we bust them now sarge huh can we huh right noodles come on let's go brilliance from Stacy Keach as Sergeant Stadenko, uh, and then as you can imagine, he, imagine hilarity ensues uh, down the road. So nice dreams. It's uh, it's an underrated Cheech and Chong movie. Uh, I actually like it quite a bit. Uh, there's there's a few some of them that weren't. You know, I'm I'm not a big fan of the Corsican Brothers, uh, but uh, next movie's not bad, and uh, I, I might put Nice Dreams as number two uh, behind uh, Up and Smoke, which is obviously the the best weed movie. Of all time, maybe we should do. Uh, we did cannabis characters uh, a, a tournament a while back. Uh, maybe we'll have to get into maybe a, a cannabis movie uh, sort of tournament bracket uh, that we did with that. So anyway, that is our cannabis character for today. Stacy Keach as Sergeant Stedenko in Cheech and Chong's Nice Dreams. <laughs> This is the Business of Cannabis, a joint venture between the Green Generation Co. and the Cannabis 101 podcast. Bringing you the latest bud, biz, buzz. Great to be chatting with Malka LaBelle from the Green Generation Co. once again. And uh, Malka, it is uh, great to chat with you. Great to uh, see you. Just great to be chatting with anybody, really. So I'm uh, happy to have this segment back and going. How are things? Good, Dean. Thank you so much. Yeah, we were worried about you. You know, glad to see you're back and healthy. And I've got some new uh, digs myself, a new location, which is really exciting. We've got the green room, which technically is a green room. So it's really fun. On on point, on brand, so I think it's a great place to get started. I love it. Uh, I love the backdrop and the uh, exciting things that uh, uh, certainly you have going at the Green Generation Co., and we'll tell people about that as we go. But let's get to our first topic, the lead, as we like to call it. And and this is and listen, the, the every business is full of trends, right? And cannabis is yes. no different. <laughs> and you're telling us about something called the alphabet trend. Yeah, I, I, it's actually the, the alphabet of trends. So I was trying to think of a way, you know, so many groups have come out with their trends or their, you know, their intel or whatever they think is going to happen in 2021. So I sort of looked at it as fun, is it in a funny way? And fully, this was the idea I was about to join. And then it just came to me as a throw of a bunch of letters. So I, I'm like, this is, this works. So this is essentially a, a collection of the, the trends that I'm seeing from my perspective and all the different things that I see. So W, number one, cannabis is for women. We're going to see a massive amount of uh, legalization allowing more women to be exploring this magical plant, which is not the same as how men would explore it. There is a massive difference in receptors and things that are just coming to fruition as an understanding. And we have seen in history that women react differently. So this is just the beginning, just the tip of the iceberg for exploring the female interaction with the cannabis plant uh, being W. So V, number two is V is for THCV, uh, as in uh, one of the cannabinoids that we've talked about quite a bit Um, and I also essentially it's really that V is for victory over COVID. Um, One of the things that we're really seeing is that cannabis has been a hugely um, this growth and demand in COVID as a, a way to deal with the this turbulation, turbulence that people are feeling, uh, depression and anxiety, and then treatment for disorders like diabetes and cancer is really happening from this plant and some of the other lesser known cannabinoids like THCV. So this is just bringing to the, all the other letters that are in the cannabinoid names are the, are the V for victory here. And we've got C for craft. We love craft, uh, 
craft growers and craft uh, craft grown cannabis. Um, mm-hmm. we, we believe that you know the cannabis is should be grown uh, craft. That's the way it should be. BC grown, BC craft. Um, I'm a big believer in the hundred mile radius, which is 160 kilometers uh, from farm to table, <laughs> and and that's literally if you drop a pin in the middle of the BC interior and draw it around 160 kilometers. That's the kind of reach that you would want to, your cannabis to be because it's going to be fresh. It's going to have those amazing terpenes. It doesn't have to go through truckloads and places. You want your product to be farm to table. And that's kind of like what the craft movement is all about. Um, number four, we have our M and A as the letters for disorderly uh, activities. So the M and A stands for merger and acquisition. We are seeing so much of this right now, where bigger companies are eating little companies, and little companies, by way of SPAC, is another bunch of letters, are eating bigger companies. This is a public market disruption um, that people don't understand. Honestly, people that have several degrees in finance and investment banking don't understand. There's a lot of, that's why I said disorderly activity that just cannabis has been thrown into the mix of by sheer, um, you know, situation that it's a massively growing industry with very little history from a public market perspective. So, you know, there's shakeups, there's job losses, there's fire sales. This, all of these things have major, major ramifications. And there's a lot of people that are outside the industry trying to watch, see what's going on and make sense of it. And it's nonsensical. So that's what I mean is this M&A disorderly activity. And hmm. there's, it's a roller coaster of, of uh, anticipation and loss that even the most experienced uh, financial people can't get. Um, and then number five is BB, which is for baby boomers. That stands for baby boomers. Now we've talked about that demographic being a huge um, play of demand that is sort of very accepting of cannabis already. These are the people that were puffing back in the post-Vietnam uh, war days and really being open with exploration of, of cannabis at that time in their lives when they were young. So they're open to trying CBD gummies for sleep or topicals for arthritis or vape pens for anxiety. They're not scared of the stigma. They just want it in a form that they can take and maybe smoking isn't that choice. So we're going to see a lot of this as more uh, demand comes on the market from the baby boomer uh, demographic. And the last one I have is W and L for white label and R for retailers. So W, L and R. So cannabis uh, is for sharing and caring and white labeling and private branding products are really going to take off. And what that means is that a store brand, for example, or another known brand is going to buy like other growers products or other cultivars cultivars, and then put their brand on it. And this is a very common uh, activity in the regular world. For example, the people that make Nike shoes, they probably make every other kind of shoes, but Nike buys certain products from them and puts their name on it. So it's a very common practice in business to white label other people's products. And we're just going to see more of that as this shakeup and things continue to move along in 2021. I, I really think uh, that is so cool how, uh, and first of all, I think it's awesome that you smoked a joint and came up with this because <laughs> cannabis is so great for creativity and there are so many people using it for that uh, very, very thing. So I, I applaud you for that. But I really uh, love uh, the the last part. Well, I love a lot of what you said, but the, the last part really hit home, the white label. I totally agree with you. And uh, this week in the Cannabis News, David Wiley and I were talking about this with some companies that, you know, know can service the the big manufacturer side of things and also uh fill out the white label portion so i think companies that are going to be able to do that and uh, you know be a little bit uh, diverse that way are really uh, you know that that could be a definitely an emerging trend as well as you talk about in this 100 percent. yeah we're already seeing a ton of it and it's just more of it is going to happen it's a very lucrative way for brands to not compete but to collaborate yeah, totally. And 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 that's what I think this industry is about more than anything. Now, it's it's brand new. We will probably get to a point where we all think we're better than the other people and things like that, but right now it's cheesy. I say it all the time, but we're all pulling on the same hemp rope in this industry and uh, we can all help each other get to a point where we can be kind of like boasting about how much better we are. And and you know, when you get to that point, then you really realize, okay, it's it's really part of the mainstream. But this industry, unlike others, has has a lot of hurdles to get past, and stigma is is one of them. And that's one of the things you and I talk about the most. If we can get if we can get that stigma, if we can break that stigma, 
everything else, a lot of stuff, not everything else, but a lot of other things are going to fall like dominoes. Exactly. And that's a huge thing. And there's so many people that are, um, that have come to me. I mean, I put it on my, my LinkedIn profile um, about the green generation companies, all about ending the stigma. So people reach out and say, we love it that you're saying that. I'm like, that's, that's all I'm doing is everything I'm doing is working towards that. So it's a huge uh, growth factor and it's a huge area that everyone wants to see. So these are my trends for 2021. We'll see what happens at the 2022 uh, date. if I was right? <laughs> ah, I love it. Uh, I love the, uh, the alphabet workings and the, uh, the drawings as well. I really love the creativity. All right, uh, let's get on to uh, change makers. And, you know, this yeah. is something that we've also talked a lot about is hemp and the power of hemp. You know, hemp is the hero that we deserve here. There's so many great things about it. And slowly but surely, you're seeing people starting to come around and take a look at hemp a little bit more. Yeah, so this uh, conversation um, started, well, long before me, but basically um, the, the Alberta, uh, Alberta and Canada is really focused on this clean, clean energy solution or, um, uh, and particularly Alberta, because that's where, you know, the heart of our, our energy world is really here in Alberta. Um, the big thing was that I was experiencing a lot of stigma uh, when I was reaching out to people in the clean tech space. So there's a lot of... Um, you know, groups that are really focused on uh, raising awareness and, and trying to explain what the green economy is. So Diane Sachs is one such, uh, she's actually a podcaster right now, but she's formerly uh, has a big, a long policy world in government and in policy and, and as a lawyer in helping with green initiatives. So now she has a podcast out of Toronto called the Green Economy Heroes. And I reached out to her because one of my own mentors, Dan Balaban of Green Gate Power, was on her show uh, as a, you know, did an interview with her talking about how Alberta's energy is moving towards renewables. So this was back in the spring and and that's totally true and i called her up and said hey like i had you know I, you had dan on the show and obviously you know I, I he's a mentor of mine um and i was explaining to her without going into sort of specifics of the names of companies because at the time it was i was behind nda so i couldn't tell her who were the people that i was working with but basically i was trying to explain to her that you know cannabis and hemp is part of this clean technology movement too and nobody's talking about that. And I would like to come on your show and talk about that. And we had a very long conversation and she was not buying it. She did not believe me. She thought it was a fraud, I think. She was really discrediting my work by not believing what I was saying. And in the end, she says, you know what? Just send them to me and I'll I'll see if they're real kind of thing. Like she was very stigmatized around the whole mm. cannabis and hemp is how could this be real? So finally, you know, I've been working with some companies around this for a long time. HFPC is one that we've talked about before, and they're based uh, in Cal Edmonton, Vegreville. Their facility is going to be in Vegreville, Alberta, and they have several um, oil and gas, I would call them refugee, oil and gas refugees, but they're also hemp farmers or hemp agronomists. So they, they're research people behind hemp, and they've been researching hemp in Alberta for 15 years. They were part of the Alberta Research Council. And they've created this company called HFPC, which is essentially um, talking about the root of climate crisis and the and the foundation for how we get going further forward into the positive direction. So HFPC is going to be making uh, building facilities, building uh, plants that are going to be making feedstock where hemp fiber is part of the mix. So hemp fiber feedstock is essentially the two, the building block. It's the base material that replaces petrochemicals. So wherever you have petrochemicals, which are oil and gas products made from oil and gas that go into other things like into plastic, for example, or into materials and parts for um, food or not food for, for um, ingredients for other things. So the, the key ones are plastics, polyesters, um, or other derivatives of plastic. HFPC is going to be making the feedstock that is going to replace plastic in the clean future and and essentially that's that's what they're working on and what i was talking about because in growing hemp not only do you have the carbon offsets or the absorption of carbon as the hemp is growing which is known as a carbon sink and there's lots of things that we've talked about on the show that are carbon sinks remember the green sand example yes that's an example of another carbon sink and there's lots of things that are carbon. Hempcrete is an example of carbon a carbon mm -hmm. sink, which means that it absorbs more carbon in just sitting there than it does in making it or in growing it or in doing anything else with it. So it, it's a it's a negative carbon offset, and the clean tech world is trying to figure out all these 
fancy and expensive technological advancements to take carbon out of the air. But in some cases, all you need to do is grow some hemp. And, and not only grow some hemp, but then use the hemp to make things that are exposed to carbon in the air. And it literally just absorbs it into it and locks it away for use to grow the plant or to use within that system and not leave it in the air. So this concept was very foreign to her, even though she's been in the climate science for a while and the client, she calls it the climate crisis um, initiatives. Most of the other things and people that are building things out of materials to replace plastic need a feedstock. And this company is an example is going to be making massive amounts of it that can power this, that can push these things forward. So everything from like uh, auto body parts, like the Ford example with the uh, hemp-based cars, they're gonna be making material that can do that in 2021 and, and beyond. They also used to do something that makes it soil stabilization. So one of the biggest problems of the climate crisis is arable soil is just blown away whenever there's a storm. The soil has been deforested and taken away all of the things that it needs to stay as soil and it just blows away. So one of the products of uh, HFPC is a soil stabilizer to replace like where aerosol that has been blown away. You just sprinkle some of their product down and it essentially like grows roots into the ground. It's kind of how it works. It's like put, it's like planting trees without planting a tree. <laughs> and that's the function of this product. So when I explained this to her, she didn't get it, but then I sent HFPC directly to her and they gave her more information that I wasn't allowed to disclose that essentially she replied to me on LinkedIn and said, thank you, Malka, I get it now. So she's going to be featuring them and some of the other clients that I've sent her that are talking about the climate crisis and how you solve it with hemp. And I'm so fortunate, grateful that this is the change maker of the week. Diane Sachs and the climate crisis is now going to be speaking about hemp being part of the solution instead of just some other technology that was really what they were focused on before. Well, it's, it's amazing when you get out of your own little box that we all put ourselves in, you can see the forest through the trees and it's a forest of hemp, Melka. I mean, I've said this uh, since my episode two when I first yeah. discovered all the benefits of hemp that we should just have fields of these growing everywhere to, you know, manufacture products, but also just to improve the environment being a negative CO2 sort of entity. So, you know, the, it's so weird. Like it's, it's all pretty much, uh, you, you can't burn it when you when you put hempcrete together. There's all these great benefits, but uh, you know you, you talk to people that try to build with it, and you can't really get insurance and things like that yet. So a lot of these things yes. have to happen, and, and that's part of the stigma again. And for for some reason, hemp is uh, lumped in with with THC, and and they couldn't be more opposite. Hundred percent, and that's a lot of the work that I'm doing at the ISO level, at the Chamber of Commerce level. Literally, at the like, you know, people that are applying for COVID relief funding are getting denied, like my clients, because they supposedly have cannabis sativa in their products. Well, I I had to go back to the people and say, by the way, did you look up the definition of cannabis sativa? It's not what you think it is it's right. actually hemp too so the fact that i sent her the link to wikipedia that says cannabis sativa also known as hemp is the products that we were trying to the company that i'm working with trying to get approval because they just assume that as soon as they say cannabis that's bad for you and that that's the stigma that is pushing regulation and pushing like the decision making of major things and it was infuriating so finally i'm like you need to look at your definitions like you know this is this is the thing is it's all back to what is this plant what is this word what does it mean and it is actually a very powerful good thing if you take your stigma away from it a hundred percent for sure all right let's get to what it means to be green and we are literally talking about what it means to be green this week yeah the green party of canada i'm gonna say they were almost gonna be my change maker because they have done a 180 i mean they have come a huge way in terms of breaking down stigmas like just that so the latest uh you know um Annemie paul she just became elected the first uh black canadian and jewish canadian woman that's uh, elected as the leader of a federal canadian party and honestly her campaign that she ran um she like turned a tide of people's belief in what the Green Party was. I mean, we had Elizabeth May for a long time and she's still part of the party. She's a, still an MP, I believe, but she's just not the leader anymore. But really, you know, her 
tropes were around like, you know, blocking all the things that were negative from an, a climate perspective. And the Green Party is now really embraced the concept of just resiliency, diversity, change, overcoming obstacles. And Annamie Paul really represents that as an individual um, in the sense that she does not look like what she is. And I am a massive, uh, have a massive personal uh, story about that in terms of people have not known what I was based on what I look like. And that was a stigma against me. So she's the kind of person that's going to turn that around. And, and she has a passion unlike anyone else. She's a lawyer. She's been doing a, a lot of change for the public good for a long time in Toronto. And she's essentially part of so many different groups that she is a powerhouse in her of herself, but she's opening up the reach of the Green Party far beyond its sort of original intention. And I just think it's wonderful. And I, I wanted to bring up the Talking to Strangers, the Malcolm Gladwell book here, because this is one, I read this for the second time this year, um, because it's so important. And the first time I read it was in 2019, when he came to Calgary for the Energy Disruptors Unite. I got to meet him in person, he signed my book. And it was right after this book was published. Um, this book was an eye opener about exactly the whole point about the whole like you don't look like what you are and that's a good thing um malcolm gladwell explains that in very excruciating painful detail in how it has happened in the u.s with and black lives matter is essentially is the outcome of this happening for so long so i just i use that example because first i'll pick up this book if you haven't read it or listen to an audible he reads it himself to you and it's amazing it essentially dissects the psychology of assuming people or assuming things when you just don't have enough information and then making those assumptions stick in the long term. So he goes through and explains why police officers were randomly, you know, seemingly randomly pulling over people and then at the end they die. And they're like, what is going on here? Why are all these black people dying at the hands of white police folk? Well, there he under, uh, dissects that psychology uh, and are amazingly articulate detail. And this is what Annamie Paul has applied from a positive standpoint. So she's saying, we're not who we look like, but that's okay. We're still very important and powerful people. And that's the point of the Green Party is they've really made this transition to not being what people think they are and really pushing forward against those stigmatized and those really just unknowns that people assume around others. Yeah, those those chains have to break at some point of those those thought chains that have gone back for so many years, and uh, that's what we all have to work towards. And it is uh, certainly good news that they, uh, as a party, are working towards that. You can find out how Melka can help you at www dot greengencompany dot com. I know you have some great stuff going on at the website, Melka. Thanks so much, Dean. This is the Cannabis 101 podcast. It's all part of the cannabis life experience. Turning the wheel of cannabis. One toke at a time. Uh, thank you very much to uh, Christine Bandelow, uh, the official voice of the Cannabis 101 podcast. And uh, great partners that we have uh, as our voice team, um, as some of them I mentioned earlier as well. And I wanted to tell you again about uh, what's going on with Stonesmiths. They've got the slash that I showed you. Four seconds to heat up. Going to be even soon, faster. Three temperature settings, that auto fire mode. You just double click and boom, fires off for 12 seconds. It's amazing. But something new is coming from the team. They're working on it now. You can look for it this April, just in time for us to be able to get back out, hopefully, and enjoy things. Check out the details at stonesmiths.ca and uh, find out what this great local company is up to. Bud, dope, flower, ganja, Mary Jane. We all have our own language when it comes to cannabis. Herb, John Lennon, plant. Salad. So let's explore another weed word of the day. Samuel Ojeks, the Hobbit's Leaf, Lady Gaga, 420. All right, here's how we do it on Weed Word of the Day. I give you one slang term, 
one industry standard term. The slang term on the top there, hogleg. Yeah, if you're a fan of westerns, you will know that this is what they called the old big uh, single-action revolvers in the old west. They were just massive, uh, like what a hogleg would be if you've ever seen a hogleg. And when it comes to weed, it means a term for a big, fat, overstuffed joint. Now, we're going to be seeing blunts coming uh, to the market very soon. As we heard uh, in This Week in Cannabis News, I want I want canagars. So I'd love to smoke a hog leg, big fat joint. I have done uh, the Gatling gun before. And if you're new to the show, we'll tell you about that story in, uh, in a couple episodes. But hog leg, big fat joints. A lot of people are like, yeah, it's a waste of uh, cannabis. Roll it into smaller ones. I get that. I get that. But for special occasions, give me a hog leg. The standard term we're going with is alcohol extraction. And that is uh, how they strip away all the beautiful essential oils and trichomes and all the goodness uh, from uh, wheat. They either use uh, ethyl or isopropyl alcohol. And once they have all the uh, the good stuff filtered out, then the alcohol, like it's known to do, evaporates away. You've got this uh, sticky, golden, gooey hash oil. And then you can further that process with vacuum pressure, heat, agitation. Uh, can also change the texture of hash oil to oil. You can get shatter out of it, butter. Uh, depending on the extraction perp- process, there is a lot of things you can do. So hog leg for big joints, alcohol extraction. When you hear that term, that means they're using alcohol to just get all the good stuff out of uh, the cannabis plant. So there you go. That is our weed words of the day. The Cannabis Life Experience. It's not just about getting high. It's about getting healthy. Turning the wheel of cannabis, one toke at a time. Ah, there's the other half. uh, The husband and wife dynamic duo, Kevin Dabbs, uh, with his voice work. And we thank them very much. And we also thank you very much for listening uh, or watching. If you are just having the earbuds in listening, you can check us out on YouTube at the Cannabis one-on-one podcast if you like what you hear what you see please subscribe click on the uh, subscribe button the bell or wherever you get your podcast click subscribe you'll get it every time an episode comes out and let us know what you think of the show leave us a review love hearing uh, from our uh, listeners and our uh, viewers uh, from what whatever uh, wherever you are uh, whether it's canada the u.s around the world absolutely Love it. Uh, You can also get in on more great stuff with the Cannabis 101 podcast with the Weed Weekly. It comes out every Friday, recaps the show. We have a giveaway and throw in some other fun stuff as well. But it's only for subscribers. So sign up at the Cannabis101podcast.ca and you're in the mix for the Weed Weekly. It comes in every Friday into your inbox, but only as mentioned for subscribers. Thank you to all of our partners, the OZ, David Wiley, Malcolm LaBelle, the Green Generation Co., and of course, Stonesmiths. Check them out at stonesmiths.ca. If you'd like to become a partner, email me, cannabis101podcast at gmail.com, or if you think you'd make a great guest, I'd love to hear from you as well. Hit me up with an email. All right, individual segments will come out on uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then we're back at it on Monday. Regular schedule, hour number two with David and Malka, uh, or an hour number one with David and Malka. Hour number two will come out on Wednesday with Chris Ionson and our guest. We're actually going to talk uh, cannabis insurance uh, next week. So if you've wondered about uh, can uh, cannabis growing and, and different being in the retail about that in the, the insurance aspect, you want to tune in for that one for sure. Thank you so much for joining me. You can find past episodes at Cannabis101podcast.ca and you can also check out a few other shows I have at PodcastAlley.ca. I have a couple of sports shows uh, for you there. As we go, as we always do, we leave you with the marijuana song from the artist My Dead Dog. Remember, it's not just about getting high. It's about getting healthy. We'll see you on and talk to you on Monday. Have a great weekend, everybody. Mm-hmm.